I love everything about the automobile industry, that you have multiple businesses within a business, and you get to work with a truly unique and diverse bunch of people. Welcome, everyone, to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. And here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Hey, everybody. Last week, Lindsay Latsko and I brought you the office team from Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates. The interview was a blast to record, but it almost didn't happen, which is also part of this week's story. The reason today we recognize Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates on receiving Benz's highly coveted and prestigious factory award, the best of the best for 2022. It's that they're exceptional among Benz dealers, and they reflect what it truly means to be part of Team Ziegler. When we showed up for the interview with Mike Conley, GM, and VP Bill O'Hara, both asked we interview the team responsible for this award. They asked we interview everyone, in fact, except them. Okay, we interviewed them, but very last and not for as long. I'm convinced that's partly their secret sauce, if you will, for the success they've had working and serving together toward a common goal. So today is part one of two episodes, three interviews in total over the next two editions of the Driving Vision podcast. First, you'll hear from the executive leadership team from the sales team, and we'll wrap out the two episode series with our fixed operations team at Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates. We go there now. So with us here today is Dick Barker, Mike Conley, Bill O'Hara with the Mercedes-Benz team. Welcome everybody. Hi Sam. Great to be here. So Mike, let's start with you. Will you tell us a little bit about this award and how how elite this award is within the Mercedes-Benz franchise? Out of the hundreds of dealerships, there's over 300. We're recognized as being one of the top 50. And it's not just about selling the most cars, it's certainly sales, but it's service and parts too. It's a collective dealership award. That alone makes it very special because it's all inclusive of everybody that comes to work here every day. And I think that's why we're so proud to have won this and the length of time it's been since yeah. this location has won it. Certainly it was under prior ownership, but we've been here collectively as a team since January of 20. So we've got a little bit over three years under our belt. And I had mentioned that it's been three years of hard work and dedication by everybody here to get to, I don't want to call it the pinnacle because we still want to keep rolling, but just to be recognized is tremendous. I love it. So Bill, as the executive VP here working with Mike and the team, what does it mean to you? You're one who had your own dealership. You've joined the Ziegler Auto Group, uh, successfully ran other stores as has Mike. What does it mean to you to see this store after just a couple of years of ownership under the Ziegler brand achieve this accomplishment, which is a big accomplishment even for a veteran store that's been under one set of management for a long time? Two years in a row, Sam. It's exciting to see you. You can achieve just fantastic things when we generally care about each other. Yeah. And that's what's really important. We got a great connection here at Mercedes-Benz with the entire team. And since I've been here in the last three years, together with this team, has been truly amazing what has been accomplished here. And we work this as a family. Everybody here cares about what we do, and they have so much connection with our customer and how we treat our customer and how we do our business each and every given day. And it's and it, it's something that we don't necessarily need the recognition for, but it's awesome to get this award and to do it the first two years of eligibility is exceptional to be part of it. So this award is really an outward symbol of an inward commitment to the customer. Dick Barker, yeah. tell us your role here on Team Ziegler and what it means to you to have this recognition at Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates. I think first and foremost, it's about service. 
to each and every employee that we have out there. It's about what can we do as leaders to help get everybody from good to great. And it's giving each and every one of our employees here the empowerment to say, listen, we trust you. You have a great idea. Let's see how, what we can do to help you be as successful as you can be. And I think that's the thing that got up from, yeah, this was a great running or a good running store. And that's what's got us to, to this award over here. Really getting over that hump. One of the things that we're hearing today, walking through the dealership and talking about this award is empowerment. Individuals are empowered to deliver at a truly extraordinary level. Mike Conley, that's an insane idea in business today, right? Where on earth did you get that? And how, why is it that you trust people? Where, where does that come from and why? I think from the time I can remember, I always wanted to own my own business. And I think everybody does. And when you empower them to feel like they have a seat at the table, that they're a shareholder, that they're an owner of the company, they feel that empowerment to make the right decisions because they know that without our customers, none of us exist. Yeah. We need them to buy cars. We need them to service cars and buy parts and they get that. And from the time we hit the ground here, got running, I tried to instill that in each, every person that it's an all-inclusive environment. You all contribute to this team's success. And like even earlier today, you had our fixed ops teams up here and our sales, sales teams. And I wanted to make it about them. They're the ones, you know, and sorry, we can't get everybody in the dealership up here in front of the mics and the camera, but everybody knows that they contribute here. And I want to make it that way because in the end, anybody that's customer facing, they're the face of the dealership, not me or Bill or Dick or anybody else. We have our titles, but at the end of the day, they, we don't need everybody. Yeah. I want them to know that they can take care of anything like it's their own company. And from a GM at that level to say that, to talk with that sense of feeling affection and empowerment to employees is truly extraordinary in this. Bill, you had your own business. You were a dealer, a Chrysler dealer in the state of Michigan. You set that aside to join Team Ziegler. Talk to us about that transition and what, how it's been different here at Team Ziegler. What, why did you make that transition and what's the difference been? Oh, wow. It's been a tremendous journey for sure. I had my own dealership for 18 years back in, in uh, 2000 and geez, I got to think back 1994 <laughs> and uh, in 20, 2012 and then joined a Ziegler Auto Group in 2013. And things I've learned from this auto group has been really amazing. And when we look back at the journey that I've been on in the last 10 years since I've been with Ziegler, it's, uh, it's just been a big learning curve for me, even as a dealer principal. The structure, the culture, the direction, the vision, and everything that we do about taking care of our customer and our employees has really been truly amazing. And it's, uh, I've learned so much here with, with the team that I have here. My job is, uh, I got the greatest job in the world. The empowerment of my team and everything that they accomplish and that they do each and every given day is allowing them to do their thing and it really makes a big difference. And they really truly care about what happens and what the customer feels and when they leave the business and our dealership and the rewards that they feel at the end of the day. And it makes a big difference as we go forward. So our mission statement of the Ziegler Auto Group, obviously Ben's, it's the best or nothing. You live that as a team here. Our mission statement talks about family. When you both, Mike, Bill, talk about family or team, I think of the word family, a, a similarity both of you share is your sons both work here which is also unusual in the business world. It's called nepotism elsewhere, right? <laughs> and it's highly frowned upon. But Lindsay, isn't it interesting here at the Ziegler Auto Group, there are many family members who literally serve together. In fact, I think it's Subaru Merrillville that actually may have four brothers 
that right. are in the accounting office together. We've got at BMW Orland Park, there's an office and the technician and then a finance manager at Downers Grove, a schoonmaker, which share family ties. So you have literally taken team as family, literally. Mike, talk to us about what it meant to you to bring your son into this business. I got Mike and Dominic. I got two of them now that, that work with us here. Dominic's back in Sprinter. And um, certainly this business as a whole has provided me with a lot of opportunities. My sons, I think they can appreciate now why dad wasn't around as much when they were younger because they see what I do all day every day. But there's a lot of parallels in business and in family. And they certainly both know I talked to them when they were 16 and started portering with me that inherently there was more of a bullseye on them because if they could get away with it, anybody could get away with yeah. it. So yeah. they embrace that responsibility. I'm proud of them. And just to see them grow in their roles is so satisfying as a father, as a boss, whatever we want to refer to it as, but just know that I'm there and continue to participate in their development and see them become, you know, good young men and I uh, want them to be leaders too. So Bill, you, your son Will joined the organization, grew up through the ranks and is now a general manager over a store you led, BMW Orland Park. Part of being a team and empowering is allowing people to make mistakes. Is it tough for you to see? We're not going to admit that Will has ever made a mistake because he wouldn't appreciate that here. And there's a competitive element, but is that a challenge watching kids make a mistake when you're both part of the organization, but we know making a mistake is part of the success that happens on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. It's been exciting and a blessing to have, have my son join the auto group and watch him work his way up in the organization. He's very smart, does a, a tremendous job, and we still have our communications and our disagreements. And you know what? But uh, he, I look at him as uh, one of my mentors, and I learn a lot from all the things that he has accomplished and what he has learned in the business. And same thing for Mike, but uh, working with our kids is something that not everybody can have, and it's just it's really fun and something to look forward to for our kids is a reward for us in this business. And, and look, as long as we can keep going together, uh, it, it's great to see, great to see from the whole organization that the family in all aspects of other schools that you see brothers and four brothers together, it's just a great thing. So you call Will a mentor, but he's a peer. And what we all want for our kids and a family, and we think about leadership roles in any organization, is you want a team to grow and develop and exceed and execute. It's got to bring you a level of satisfaction having watched him grow up through the ranks and develop to the point where he's running a store. Do you compete against each other at all? Oh, God, absolutely. <laughs> sure. You have to. 100%. I'll rub it back into him on how we're doing with Mercedes. And we, we go back to when we give Aaron the numbers at month end on yeah. what, uh, what we're going to sell here and they up it back and forth. Do you text each other before you deliver the number just to see where you are? Or do I you? I think I talk to him, you know, probably, uh, six, seven times a day. It's all the way through it. All the way through it. Yeah. It's good. One of the things that separates this store from so many others, you can hear the sounds in the background. You've got a system for everything. There is constant motion in this organization. How did you arrive at that? Like from the moment I walk in and I'm greeted to Vlad being the guy who's always in the one spot. Talk to us, Mike, about process a little bit. I think you gotta have process. So we were just talking before we went on about, you know, a crazy moment or whatever. And I said, you wanna try and minimize those, right? Because you wanna have process in place. And anytime we're dealt with a situation, you wanna ask yourself, do I have a process for that? Or do I have a person that didn't follow a process? The continuous motion that you see, there's always got to be that, right? Everybody working in unison with one another, a 
well-oiled machine, yeah. all those things, right? Everybody's got to know their role, how they fit in. And I always say, look to do more than what's right in front of your face. Yeah. I said this for a long time on the sales floor. If you're not selling a car, help somebody that is. The customer feels that when there's that cooperation. Are they being pushed through the system or pulled through? I hope it's pulled through. I got to ask you about that because that's one of the things that's tough in the car business right. is the competition that exists on the sales floor at any store, right? Yeah. It can lead to people eating each other apart and feeling very unfulfilled, to put it lightly. You do have a collaboration and a sense of teamwork. How have you created that? So that competition is collaboration to the good of the customer. I just think you got to have we versus me mentality. You got to have a sense of team because, you know, it's got to be competitive sales environment. You can't look at somebody that might be ahead of you on the leaderboard by five and be riddled with envy. Yeah. You got to ask yourself, ask and reflect. How can you get there? How can you do that? How can you get to where you want to be at? At the end of the day, people are different ability levels. I guess you got to ask yourself, are you getting 100% out of yourself? Mm. I always say, I could sit across from you. I could find you an extra half hour, 45 minutes a day if you want to do that. But at the end of the day, you got to look at other people. You look at the competition even within our auto group. Yeah. GM to GM, peer to peer. If somebody's achieving a result, you pick up the phone, you talk to them, right? Yeah. Expect the people on the sales floor to do the same thing. Go to your peer and say, how are you doing this? How, how are you getting the results you're getting? Sometimes it starts with your attitude, right? Yeah. Are you putting yourself in the best possible position to consummate that sale or to win somebody over. People have a lot of choice. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. And it's not just once they've decided on Benz, they've got a lot of other choices with luxury brands up and down the strip. Yeah. We have to be as good as we can be or better. So it's interesting, Mike, everybody talks about that. If you see success elsewhere, pick up the phone and learn. But doing that is tough. Why is that such a hard thing to do in the car business to learn from each other? I don't know. Some of it has to do with ego. I really do. People can say, oh, I'm doing everything I can or should. But at the end of the day, if you think you, everything's perfect, you're kidding yourself. I say, you know what? Nothing in life's ever perfect, but I'll never stop trying to make it that way. Yeah. And it's a journey. We're trying to achieve new and great things, but it's everybody on board. I want to see everybody succeed. Not just like we had our teams up here. It's not about the three of us. It's about all of them. Yeah. Their personal and professional development. And I told all of them, I said, the greatest thing I could ever hear is that because of their success at work, they're better fathers, mothers, spouses. It's just what it comes down to. Your success in business translates to life and you need that. You need that balance. I know our auto group is that's front and center. The whole work-life balance thing. You need that in your life because yeah. I figure the better they are at home, the better off, the better they're going to be here and the more they'll take care of our customers. Speaking of kids in the business, team is family. An adversity you faced last year, we already talked with Mike Conley Jr. about it. He decided to leave and you had to respect the way you lead in that decision, respecting that decision and not overriding it. Some parents could have said, no, you're not, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was quite an internal debate at home with my wife and I, <laughs> I could tell you that. Watching him drive out of the garage at the 545 on a dark morning was a little tough. I had to hold back the tears, but I just like I talked with Tina and I said, listen, I said, if we don't let him try and see what it's all about. He'll never know. I don't want to hear when he's in his mid-30s riddled with regret. Yeah. I never wanted that for myself. I certainly don't want that for my children, my teammates, nothing. But that's why I think we encourage and empower people to try things because I think that growth is stifled by a couple of things. Fear of failure and someone telling you, why would you do that? Or you can't do that. And you cannot have those boundaries put up because you'll ha you'll have regret. You'll I don't care what anybody says. You will wish I wish I'd have tried that. Yeah. Why didn't you? Yeah. And 
it comes back to a few basics. Yeah. If it's moral, ethical, and legal, yeah. why not give it a shot? Yeah, I love so. that. Life in part is about taking opportunity, trying it, growing, and then using it to contribute going forward. So what did it mean to you the day Mike Conley Jr. called you back up and said, hey, I'm coming back? I don't know if he <laughs> called me or I called him. I okay. <laughs> quit, quit screwing around and back to Chicago. But we had talked. I always obviously checked in on him. I didn't want to smother him or call him every day. Hey, how's it going? Or the minute something didn't go right, say, oh, see, I told you. I never told him once, hey, I told you this would happen or that would happen. I want him to make his own way in the world. I yeah. think that anybody, whether he's here with us or he decided not to do this, do it on their own. You can't force people to do this. When, so when I heard the news, I have to confess, to me, it was a little bit of validation about how special what we have is. Because you think about it, Chicago, winters, Chicago, and then <laughs> Arizona, Phoenix. Yeah. Like the weather and then everything else. You're a baseball-loving family, yes. spring training and everything sure. else. Like to me, looking at it from a distance, there's a lot to be offered there. What does it mean to you that he came back and now he's able to help build that culture and contribute to the vision that you continue to create of excellence that has achieved this award. I don't know if anybody in Arizona got this award or not. I'm going to assume they no. They did. They did? Okay. <laughs> that same store? Yes. Yeah. Oh, but we did it better, obviously. Clearly. Um, ours, is <laughs> it's, ours is heavier. Ours is yes. <laughs> so what does that mean to you, Mike? He went out there and he had some success. And Tim come back meant a lot to me. Not that I was competing against him, but oh, yeah. But uh, I see him every day. He tends to calm me down a little bit yeah. here and there. If they yeah. have a rough day. But he came back because he wanted to come back. He yeah. wanted to be part of this organization. Look at our entire auto group. Yes, we're at Mercedes-Benz. We represent arguably the best product in the automotive marketplace. But you look at our auto group, we've got 30-plus dealerships yes. and so on and so forth. So he came back here to be part of this culture again, Yeah, this environment, the opportunity to grow and learn yeah. and develop. And for that, I'm proud of him. He made his own decision. So we think about adversity overcome in 22 to achieve and accomplish this recognition. Dick Barker, what's one adversity? I would count Mike Conley Jr. coming back as a huge victory. That was adversity overcome more on a personal note, but it's reflective of our culture as a group that brought him back. Dick Barker, what's something that you saw a challenge overcome last year to achieve this result? I think going back to being comfortable with the success that we've already had, and to find the next gear to get to real greatness. The competition that also won this award, yeah. it, there's some pretty astronomically successful dealerships out there. And to be able to be put up there with those teams is saying something, but it really is a testament to every single team member having the singular focus, right? Everybody knows what the mission is and everybody, if somebody falls down, there's another person, the next man up, next woman up to, to fill that role. And to have that kind of focus has been pretty incredible. Dick Barker, you, yes. as, you as a person, you're somebody who just gets it done no matter what. When I think about you, I think about someone who has a task, whatever that may be, getting a car to a location, dressing the cheetah, which you all have won more <laughs> than anyone else, in a hulu skirt and bringing it in to smoke. Like... Where did you get that ability to be resourceful and how did you, like oftentimes we don't apply for our job and then fill the job. Mm -hmm. A lot of times our job comes to us and I think your job is unique in that you can do anything. Like where did that come from? I think it's less about my abilities and more about 
understanding my teammates and the their abilities and the things that they're really successful at and knowing if i have a if we have a, a problem that we need to tackle who has the best skill set to either accomplish or to assist me or the rest of the team or department or whatever to make that happen so just a, the simple thing with the cheetah and dressing it up sure my tie looks nice <laughs> but like that doesn't mean that i'm like inherently good at dressing a cheetah that's something that i ask for help with yeah, yeah. reach out to the folks in the office who have a joy yes. to do that right yes and, and they're competitive about it. And so yes. they're so competitive. Anyone who's been here for Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Valentine's Day, 4th of July, best of us yeah, big time. will know that the office comes through on every holiday. But it, and it's not just those trivial things. It's when we have a, a, an issue, a customer has an issue. They have a problem. We need to be there to, to fix it. I'm likely not going to be the person that's going to have every answer, but we can certainly find out, all right, who's the best equipped? And man, we have this incredible spectrum of talent from top to bottom in all departments. Yeah. And uh, there's a real opportunity to be able to tackle and conquer every task that, puts, that gets put in front of us. That's awesome. I'm gonna ask Bill, adversity overcome, and then ask everybody what's one thing that uh, most people don't know about you. But before that, Bill, what's one thing that you overcame this past year that helped the store to achieve this result? Wow, well, when we look at 2022, we look at how the used car market yeah. changed. Yeah. And what we've seen with what went on in the used car market and we built our inventories up and, and got used to where this market was trending with the pricing and everything on the used cars. It, uh, it was definitely a challenge to work our way through that inventory as we got through the end of the year and so, as we seen month and month and right. Well, it's interesting, you bring that up. During COVID, Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates became known nationwide as the source for one vehicle type, <laughs> right? The G-Wagon. The G-Wagon. Which maybe the average retail price of a G wagon is how much? Oh, geez, two two forty, quarter million dollars. Let's say we just had one that 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 drove on high value, very specialized, and people came from all over the country and maybe all over the world to buy at Mercedes Benz Hoffman Estates. You were known for it. Now, as prices went up, that was great. When they came back down the other side, you got to pay the piper on the other side as well, right? How did you rally the team to address as things came? Now, here's what's interesting. Things receded back a little bit last part of last year, and now they're actually headed back up, and it defies explanation, and it defies the best industry experts' predictions. Nobody predicted 90 days ago that things would be back up north. But as a team, and maybe let me ask this, Mike, as a team, how did you rally in the decline to provide value to customers and to sell these as quickly as you could. And then we're back appreciating again. What, you know, how, how, what is the importance of flipping strategy quickly to meet, meet needs? I guess at the end of the day, it was understanding the difference between wholesale and retail. Everybody was a quote unquote expert on what everything was worth wholesale, but we knew what we had in terms of the equipment, the options. We bought the most highly optioned lowest mileage vehicles in the market. And we do a tremendous job here with certified pre-owned. And um, I just wanted to make sure that they were available to everybody in the country. And if I were to stick a pin in Hoffman Estates, Illinois and go out 25 miles, I certainly don't define that as my market. You're not with this brand. And there's people with plenty of means to get these cars all over the country. I just wanted to make sure that they knew we had them. And we retailed our way out of all of that. Yeah. And that's a testament to the people that are up in that showroom floor right now. And like we had many internal talks. I said, you know what? We committed to these cars, we serviced them, we bought them, we will sell them. I wasn't going to give them to 
somebody yeah. else to tell me what they were worth. Yes. We we're going to take put it out there to the public because at the end of the day, something's worth what somebody's willing to pay for. It. And yet, what's interesting when you think about that vision, you now are nationally known and seen as the source for G wagons. That initiative, that vision you had, wasn't a one-time, one-and-done thing. It exists today. It's just our commitment to the brand overall. Certainly the G-Wagon gets a lot of accolades because it's like the halo car of the brand. It's the most recognized vehicle. And some people refer to it as maybe a status symbol or whatever, but fact is it's arguably the best SUV out there in the market at that price point. And we know that a lot of these people, it might be their first run at them. They might've had multiples. There might be somebody that's on a two or three year trade cycle with these. We see that too, but certainly an iconic vehicle. And it doesn't look like any other thing. It's uh, know what a G-Wagon is when it rolls down the street. What's the farthest destination you've delivered a used G-Wagon? Oh, I'd probably say it's either the southern tip of California, the northern tip of Maine. You Which know, is about as far away as you can get. Yeah, right? yeah. It helps that we're in the Midwest. So you go west or go east. But it's just been fun to see. For, to see the leads come in from really all over the country. And we've got a great market here in Chicago, too. I don't want to make light of that. But just to see the level of interest on these cars and to see that we might have something that's one of four in the U.S. Yeah. That uniqueness is what makes these special. And they still joke with me that sometimes I'll see a car carrier in the back and I'll see the latest and greatest car come off. And I'm still like a little kid. I'm like, yeah. ooh, what's this? Yeah. I enjoy the product. I enjoy the cars. And I'm an enthusiast too. What is it about this showroom floor? We're in this place, Lindsay, <laughs> surrounded by beautiful vehicles. Like these are beautiful vehicles. Now I don't get to drive one for a whole bunch of reasons, but it's, they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. There is an electricity and a vibe sitting in this place surrounded by these, they're works of art in so many ways. They are in people. I, I say it all the time. We've said a lot here on the podcast about the best or nothing, but I go back to whether it's the person that's been a lifelong Benz owner, they might be on their 20th one for all I know, yeah. or you have the 65-year-old retiree that's worked and saved their entire life to have the opportunity to buy something like this. It's what they've always wanted. Yeah. So you've got both ends of the spectrum that way. It's still fun. It's still exciting to see people get something that they've always wanted, where it's not just a mode of transportation. Yeah. It's yeah. an iconic brand. Yes. That's what's You're buying into a lifestyle in so many different ways. That's All right. True. What's one thing most people don't know about you that would surprise you, Bill O'Hara? I don't think anybody knows this, but back in 1980, I moved to California with a good friend of mine to make it in the movies. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. Yeah, okay. So this would be something new. So How'd that go? They threw us out. <laughs> were you ever were you ever in an episode of what's Magnum PI? Well, no, never made it into Magnum PI, but I know they did tell me they said when I went in there, they were looking for the blonde haired, blue eyed type and get rid of the mustache. <laughs> so I had to save my mustache off, that's for sure. But the good news out of that, I ended up getting a job in downtown Hollywood selling cars at a Lincoln Mercury store. Oh, which store? Like, which store? That was Hollywood Lincoln Mercury. Okay, very right Hollywood, and worked the Sundays till nine o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, that was my first sales job. Yeah, so not too far from the iconic Felix Chevrolet with Felix the Cat up there. Nobody cares or knows out here, but I uh, don't but, remember that. But, I remember the Chinese theater that was yes, down the street. Yeah. yeah, we're excited that didn't work out for you, even though. Yeah, if, me too. Yeah, if you stuck around <laughs> another twenty years, you probably would have been cast as Tom Selleck because yeah. you've got the uh, you've got I the look. Had, I ended up buying a, a six hundred dollar. Uh, Oldsmobile 98 and oh, we wow. drove it all the way back from California to come back to Michigan. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I and, see a theme here, Arizona yeah. back, yeah. California back. Dick Barker, what's something most people don't know about you? So I'm a Michigander as well. Okay. You know, go Lions, drink that Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> 
so I moved out to Chicago 20 plus years ago. Okay. Yeah, I originally moved out to Chicago to do improv theater. And all of a sudden, started having to have kids and got to pay bills and stuff. Yeah. Improv doesn't pay that well. It pays zero, zero, <laughs> yeah. absolutely nothing is what it pays. Yeah, it got me into restaurants and then that kind of led to automotive just in terms of servicing customers. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I actually went to my first comedy club downtown Chicago last week. Fascinating, fun, but I don't think they make a whole lot. So nope. we're glad you came back and you're <laughs> part of this team. Mike Conley with one thing most people don't know about you. I run marathons. Do you believe me? No. It's all lies. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Of course I'm kidding. I probably said that too quickly. <laughs> Thanks for the abrupt Yeah, answer. sorry about that. Okay. How did I get started in this business? Most people might not know this. I was uh, recruited when I was in the dealership buying a car. Okay. Uh, general sales manager came over on a TO and I said, it wasn't quite going the way I wanted it to. So I asked him for his pen, flipped the worksheet over, wrote down the price of the car, my trade value, figured my payments. If you get this done, I'll buy the car. So he says, how long have you been selling cars? I said, never sold cars. He goes, I want to hire you. I says, I've got a good job. I don't want to sell cars. So he goes, I'll be back. I'll be back in a minute. So he went and checked with whoever he had to check with. Comes back and says, congratulations, you bought a car, but I want to hire you. And, <laughs> That's awesome. And it took me about, I don't know, 60 to 90 days with what I was doing. I ultimately, unfortunately, came the casualty of a labor strike oh. with the Teamsters Union. And uh, What were you doing? What was your role then? I, out of college, I worked for UPS for six years when I was in college and I got recruited by a freight company to one of like a management training program and three months in they dropped me on my head and said, oh. said we got to lay you off because we got this labor strike and anybody that might remember that in the spring of 94 there was no freight moving across this yeah. country so I went back to that dealership and everybody thought I was nuts but I said you know what I'm gonna sit here on a Saturday and see what you do yeah and watch them said, oh, this doesn't seem overly difficult and as I said earlier I said I wanted to own my own business and they said, this is your own business. Little or no startup costs. I said, you pay for the phone? Yes. You pay for all the inventory? Yes. You pay for all the other stuff? Yes. Just treat people like you want to be treated and tell them all about the product and sell yourself first. And that's kind of what I've lived by this very day. It's worked out for me. A guiding principle even to this moment. Absolutely. It's, you know what, I, I look at this, you know, we talked about this beautiful showroom in this building and everything we've got here, the people make it come alive. That's at the end of the day. So anybody that's listening to this, it's about you. It's about your teams because they can get this sheet metal anywhere. It's about us and what we do to try and win them over and make an impression on people. Once, once they meet you, they should know you for life. This is the bottom line. Don't just be a one and done type of situation. And with that, Dave Barker, Mike Conley, Bill O'Hara, Lindsay Latsko, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks, and doer of all things, Mr. Charlie Troush. Hello, thanks for having me, Sam. We have Vlad Sabayeski, used car manager. Hey, Sam. I don't think many people can say it as well as I can That's say it. Good, Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> Tom Irway, sales manager, welcome. welcome. Mr. Mike Conley, Jr. I'll tell an interesting story about your name in just a moment. And then we have Matt McGinn, sales manager as well. Uh, when your dad calls me, and it shows Mike Conley on my cell phone. My kids are always saying, wait, you know an NBA basketball star? How do you know Mike Conley? And I'm like, no, it's different Mike Conley. Do you ever get that comparison, Mike? Sometimes, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Clearly not, though. So then all Joe can say they're related, and they're like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. So, Any of you NBA stars will, uh, will appreciate that. So excited to be here. So one of the things that sets apart Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates and makes you best of the best is the way that you deliver to customers every single day. We've heard the service departments talk about how you don't take no for an answer. You find a way to serve them. 
How does that mentality work its way into the finance world, Charlie? Well, sometimes you have to take no for an answer, Sam. But uh, you try to do your best to uh, show your clients all the options and explain yeah. things in detail so yes. they feel comfortable. Yes. And I like to think that uh, you know we're sometimes the last people that uh, see our clients when they purchase a Mercedes-Benz from us. So yeah. you know, it's very important to make sure that uh, you give them the best experience you possibly can. As you think about this past year, was there any situation you can think of where a customer was faced with a challenge and you as a human being use technology and all the resources available to overcome that challenge, to make their day, to make their world brighter and better? You know, you think about uh, technology that's uh, really come into our uh, office a lot more. You know, you see the sales department, they have a lot of technology that helps them evaluate and know where they're at in the marketplace. But, you know, we've used this uh, Darwin system uh, to our advantage, and I think it's really changed our outlook when it comes to out-of-state deliveries. What's truly unique about us and what makes us uh, best of the best is that we probably do 40% of our deliveries. We will never see a guest, we'll never see a customer. So we can actually front face that customer and give them the same situation as they were at our desk uh, with that iPad selling system. So that's really helped a lot of customers you know, out of state feel more comfortable with us. And of course our sales process, I think for out of state is elite. And they'll probably tell you a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, that truly sets us apart. If I'm a customer in Texas and I call you to buy a car, which you have customers all over the country, that can be a nerve wracking experience. How do I trust somebody from Chicago? Oh yeah, right? oh yeah. <laughs> do you ever get that? Do you ever get Texas calling and they're like, wait, you're in Chicago? I don't fully, totally, completely trust you. Well, the, the good <laughs> news is, is they've got to get through uh, Vlad and Tom and Mike and, and Matt over there, and they do a very good job of ensuring when the client gets to me that you know, they're calm, they're cool, they're collected, they know what's going on. Um, these guys give total transparency in what they do. Um, everything is done uh, upfront in front of the client. There's lots of uh, disclosures and signatures involved before a client even gets to chat with me. So I've got this, these guys over there to, to thank for that. Okay, one more question for you, Charlie. We're going to let you go because you've got a uh, pressing you, issue. You've got a pressing thing. You love what you do. And when you watch you in the office talking with a customer and helping that customer, I can see it in your eyes. There's an excitement. There's an electricity in your office. There's an engagement that sets you apart from anyone else, few others in the industry. What is it about finance that you love? What is it about the car business that you love? Coming from a, an accounting background, which is uh, how I was formally trained you know, 50 years ago when dinosaurs walked the earth. I love everything about the automobile industry, that you have multiple businesses within a business, and you get to work with a truly unique and diverse bunch of people. I've been doing this since 1995, and I can actually say that uh, you know, I come to work here happy every day. I've got leadership that's elite. They listen to us. They give us the opportunity and the tools we need to succeed. I get to work with some of my best friends. I enjoy coming to work here. Uh, they're a good bunch of guys. And uh, I'm the old man on the totem pole. Yes, so, you are. <laughs> so, so I get to learn a little bit more uh, and more every day through these guys. And uh, they've really helped me become better. I want to work hard for them because they work hard for me. And that's what's awesome about our team here. I don't think that there's one person that you know, sticks his hand up and says, I did this, I did this, I did this. I think it's we a team all effort. For one I think we all yeah. do it for one another. And I think we're all impressed um, so at the end of the month and at the end of the quarters, at the end of years when more recognized like that. I think it's really important that these guys get the recognition because they put in the hours. So finish the sentence. I get excited at work when? Glad buys lunch. Okay. <laughs> How often does that happen? A lot. A lot. Very generous man. Very generous man here. They're all very generous. No, we, we joke about it. You know, I get excited here when 
we have a challenging customer and that we can all come together collectively and figure out a way out to make the car go down the road. And I think everyone here doesn't have a big enough ego that they can't ask questions, yeah. even myself included. You know, no one has all the answers, but collectively, I think we break the IQ barrier here. Last question that I promise. Okay. Uh, what's one thing that most people at Team Ziggler don't know about Charlie Trashed that would surprise most people to know? Um, I like to uh, competitively skeet shoot. Okay. So I, uh, I enjoy uh, shooting sports, but most importantly, shotgun sports. So skeet and trap is something that I, uh, I practice quite a bit. I can't hit a golf ball five feet. You and I both, Joe Charlie. Well, I've seen you golf and you've seen me <laughs> yes, golf. Yeah, we're, yes. There's a reason why we're only invited once to a country club. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly twice. right. But uh, exactly I can right. hit little Frisbees out of the air pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. In fact, you have a very nice custom shotgun that you were gifted as a gift of appreciation from the auto group. Maybe tell us about that. And then you know, it's probably one of the uh, biggest honors of my life. I still I tell the story. People don't believe it. Aaron Ziegler um, said that... Uh, Every once in a while, you have to help someone with one of their goals or one of their dreams become fulfilled. And I don't know how he found out, I think, uh, through the grapevine that uh, I was after a, a specific uh, shotgun that's made in America. It's called a Kohler. And uh, they're very uh, coveted and they're very hard to get and they take a long time to make. And, uh, and it's just, of course, Aaron found being one. Aaron. Yes. Found one. Yes. I dare, and, uh, I defy anybody to make it not possible for him to find it. He so he, he gifted that to me. <laughs> and then I, I kind of returned the favor. I did some uh, custom work to the gun and some engraving. And I, our pride statement oh, in the shotgun cool. so our pride statement will always be on my gun every time i would, shoulder it would you take a picture of that and we'll include that in the show notes sure, send it to, to me yeah so that'll end up being in the show notes and it's kind of a neat manifestation of what it means to us to be part of a team charlie you're a good example we compete among each other within team ziggler 35 stores four states 2700 employees but we compete to each other's benefit not detriment and i think that gun it's rare you can actually gift a gun in the car business and have it not be a negative. But I think that's evidence that we compete to help each other. We don't compete to crush each other. You know, and I think that's true across the group. I think that's what makes our auto group a little bit different than something magnanimous like an auto nation. Although we continue to grow, we haven't really lost the essence of our culture, our family, how we were founded, how when we bring new dealerships into our auto group, how they're embraced and how that culture just keeps moving forward and, and moving on. I think that's really important. Three years ago, the store was not part of the Ziggler Auto Group. That's correct. Yeah. And now it's very much a part of the culture. Yep. And it was quite an honor to be invited to come down here with uh, Mike and Bill and uh, Mike Spooner. And uh, we were the four that came over and uh, it's uh, grown. It's, it's amazing what uh, a little time and a little patience and uh, a great bunch of guys can do. Charlie Troush, thank you. We thank appreciate you. you being in here. And we'll calls. let you go. Thank you, everyone. We'll let you go uh, take care of business. And I'm going to scoot over. I'll share this mic here. Lindsay, you can come in here. True. When was the last time you bought lunch? Uh, <laughs> yesterday was. Uh, <laughs> today was Charlie's turn. So Charlie, Charlie, take this bill. All right. So uh, when Charlie buys, is it Chick-fil-A? And then what do you buy? Charlie's very uh, unique taste bud. So it's, uh, it's very hard to uh, make sure we get the right uh, lunch uh, going for him. So yeah. definitely try to keep him happy. That's for sure. You were not part of Ziggler Auto Group when Ziggler bought this store. No, I was sort of a dealer trade from the MotorWorks uh, Barrington location. <laughs> so I got traded over and uh, day one. So that was that was pretty exciting for me. So I'm going to make you scoot forward just a Absolutely. little bit more. So talk to us about is that a terrifying experience? You show up to work one day. And somebody announces, hey, you know what, that world that was so defined for so long, it changed over, it changes. What yeah. was that experience? Take us back to two years ago when that happened. I definitely was, uh, you know, kind of, a, I wouldn't say a sh it was a shock, but I've known of Mike uh, Conley, so I was pretty excited, you know. 
So I kind of took the the salesman, the GM, or the uh, basketball player. <laughs> the GM. Okay, very good. Do you know about the basketball player? I do not, but okay, I have to look that fair. up. <laughs> I'll help you out. Absolutely. <laughs> or Junior would. No, you didn't hear. <laughs> Lindsay didn't have that either. So a little bit of anxiety, and then what? None. Showed up here, and uh, day one did whatever I had to do, you know, to make sure we're successful. You know, definitely had a little chip on my shoulder to make sure that we, you know, succeeded and succeeded in a couple different ways. You know, make sure our gross was there and. We definitely had the units on our side that you know made us where we are today. Bob Sullivan did a great job talking about commander's intent, which he said is the ability, the empowerment to make decisions in the moment to better serve the customer. Do you have that? Like, are you? What ways are you empowered to make a difference in the customers? Obviously, in, you know, in our role, we have plenty of uh, objections that we deal with from the customer's perspective, and you know, just uh, and life in general, and we just got to overcome those objections, you know, and you know, make the customers and you know, whoever you're dealing with, you know, feel comfortable with you. And, you know, as soon as you, you know, kind of break down those barriers, you definitely can earn their number one is their trust and their business as well. Yeah. So Tom, uh, you and I spent some time in Vegas and we should probably end right yeah, there. Right. But at a factory <laughs> meeting, we actually had the opportunity to test drive one of Mercedes-Benz first EVs about a year ago. Talk to us, Tom, about what it means to you to, to receive this best of the best award. Well, it's award we won. Uh, we got the silver laurel uh, last year in 2021. So to get it, uh, we won the gold laurel this year. So you know, from steps like we said, we came out of the from three years ago from being purchased and acquired uh, to the steps that we've taken now to get to the gold. It's just an accomplishment throughout the the whole team. You know, service parts and sales, all with everyone that's been sitting up here today. You know, so it's an accomplishment that no one in Illinois uh, won this year. So we have about nine dealers local that uh, all compete for the same award and to say uh, we have it, something that uh, awesome. we feel very proud of. So what is it, what Tom do you think is it about Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates that enables you to deliver to the customer at such a high level that you win this award, where in the past you haven't and no one else in the state has? Um, I think it's the support from the top. Everything comes, you know, typically it rolls downhill, but I think we get the support from the top, but really makes the difference. Uh, we have the ability to say yes, you know, and make that customer the right decision. You know from your gut if you're making the right decision. And we have that ability to make that decision with no repercussions. You know, sometimes we're not doing it willy. No one's doing it willy-nilly. We all have a rhyme and a reason. Rhyme and reason has to be fair for everybody, you know, so and accountability. So it's interesting, the ability and the empowerment to do the right thing and deliver for the customer can be a blessing and a curse. So Matt, sometimes you have to ask for things from leadership that are tough. You have to go to leadership and say, hey, I have a situation and you've got to advocate for the customer. Can you think of an example over the past year when you've had to make a tough ask? And what was the answer, Matt? I can't think of one off a specific uh, occasion, but you know, there are those times that do happen where, you know, we, you know we're, sales managers are presented with a situation where, you know, there's a customer and we're usually not happy at all. And so we have to do what's right by the customer. And sometimes uh, we, have to, we have to do it no matter what it is, you know, whether we uh, take a car back or, you know, fix something that, you know, maybe wasn't our, our problem or our fault, but you know, that's the right thing to do. And, you know, I think empowered us to say, you know, is it, Right for the customer, but yes, do yeah. No matter what it is, yeah. So, Tom, can you think of an example of, of of a tough conversation you've had to have with leadership where you're asking for something for the customer? You've had to advocate for them. Not like Matt said, nothing offhand, but I think 
we all know the right decision. Like I said, it comes from the gut. If it's not right in your gut, you know, it's, you know, we're all pretty good consumers up here. Yeah. Uh, so we all like to, you know, know how we should be treated. You know, there's difference. You have customers that are, uh, might be first time customers. And then you have your uh, repeat customers, right? They all have earned a little respect in a different way. Right. You know, so you have customers, <clears throat> their first time customers, that's their first time experience stepping into a Mercedes. Right. So yeah. we know that, right. We've all made our first big time purchase and how that made you feel and what you expect and, what you deserve right at that at that level you know then we have our repeat customers right they deserve the repeat experience yeah. you know so uh i think that's where we really strive at in mercedes-benz hoffman estates and accommodating that that's you know there's different experiences built within this brand that uh that are pretty exceptional and pretty uh monumental in people's lives at this at this point in their life so Vlad, how do people react when you say, I work at a Mercedes-Benz store? What's the most interesting reaction you've gotten to that question? Well, the first question will probably be what kind of deal I could get, but that's, that's exactly uh, right. You yeah. know, that's uh, that includes all the neighbors and all the family members. And uh, how do you respond to that, by the way, in an environment where, you know, everything is retail plus, all right? It, uh, how do you deal with that? Uh, you just, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of questions that you overcome and stuff like that. I think when you meet someone, you definitely want to want them to know where you're at and you know what you do for a living to make sure that they support you. I've uh, I can tell you a lot of my family members are driving Mercedes now. They've been driving for for years, but also my neighbors. You know, they've all kind of uh, came in and joined our team here, and you know, some are driving GLEs, GLSs, a little bit of everything. So yeah. it's uh, it's definitely fun. So part of the story of last year is overcoming adversity, right? Would everybody agree there was some adversity in the wind last year? Yeah. Like to receive this says so much about the people around the table, the quality, the stick to itiveness. So I'm going to ask each of you, but I'm going to give you a minute to think about it. What's a major piece of adversity you've overcome in the past year? And I'm actually going to start with Mike Conley Jr. So Mike, your dad is the general manager of the store. He's a leader here in this organization. He brought you in to sell cars here, right? Yeah. When we talk about adversity this past year, you left for a while, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I did spend some time in uh, Arizona last year, right? So a different market than it is the Midwest. By the way, do you want to spend winter in Chicago or Arizona? Like Lindsay very quickly said <laughs> Arizona, right? Yeah, but um, obviously, like I was saying, you know, completely different market, right? So it's kind of able to bring over some perspective from that market here, right? So there, they really do a lot of volume per yeah. se, right? Whereas with us, we're a little bit lower volume. Yep. We have a lot of like of the uh, the bigger ticket items, right? <clears throat> and so what we've obviously been doing over the course of the past year, well, even since COVID is kind of bringing our dealership into different markets, right? Going to the customers and stuff like that, bringing the showroom to the clients. We've obviously been talking a lot about that throughout the course of this uh, the podcast so far, walk around videos, you know, building the value in the product and selling ourselves, you know, we, we're, we're professionals here, um, we really, try to obviously we, we want the best right this is why we got the uh the award and everything but um but yeah just do everything with pride for sure so obviously you're going to speak well of everywhere you've been including that dealership in arizona we're yeah. grateful to have you back i think your dad <laughs> is grateful as as our uh aaron ziegler and everyone else within the group but talk to us a little bit about how are you able to deliver an ultimate customer experience better here than in other dealerships how, how does it compare here to elsewhere yeah, it's really just the resources we have and then the cohesiveness of our team you know what i mean i all of these guys are great leaders here um i can contribute a lot of my success to everyone here around me um it's truly special being a part of this team and like i like i said again we have one goal it's to be the best yeah so what brought you back <laughs> 
so obviously my family too you know what yeah. i mean i'm we're pretty family oriented we have really strong family morals and everything like that so yeah i mean that's probably the biggest thing is my family sure. there's not a lot of auto groups that would say hey go have that experience and then come back and yet you come <laughs> back stronger is there any resolve you've had coming back as to how you'll perform go forward or has it changed your mental state at all that experience yeah definitely it's to kind of show myself that i can still do it on my own too yeah. you know what i mean yeah obviously working under my dad too a lot of times i mean that's got to be a challenge because it's like <laughs> hey am i here because of my dad or am i here because i'm an incredible salesperson we know the answer but you maybe had to go prove that to yourself right yeah definitely i mean that that, that was definitely a big part of it for sure and what's the verdict now that you've gone and come back and I'm, I'm definitely thankful for the opportunity to be able to yeah. go out there and try it, but i'm happy to be where i am i'm extremely grateful for it for yeah. sure that's awesome. So Matt, what's a piece of adversity you've overcome in this past year that contributes to this uh, trophy and delivering that? I episode? think the biggest part is, you know, the market shift, obviously, in going to retail plus and just the shift in the market. You know, everyone has been, every consumer has been so ingrained to get, you know, a big discount, yeah. you know, and it's been that way for such a long time that, you know, to have that open conversation with a customer and say, look, it's different now. Yeah, everything is not just the car business, but the housing market. You know, a bottle of water costs more than what it was five years ago as well. So, yeah. you know, just to have that open conversation with the customer and say, you know, look, this is where we are. You know, I'm still going to try to put you in the best situation. Yeah. I want you to come back. Yeah. You know, and when you're open and honest with them, then they do come back regardless of, of what they're paying and how much they're spending because at that point they trust you. So Matt, great teams find ways to celebrate successes even in the face of adversity. So you think about this past year and ways that you, how does team Mercedes-Benz Hoffman of Sedates celebrate success? I think it's just all collectively. I mean, I think that, you know, we didn't necessarily at the beginning of the year say, well, we have to get this award. I think that we put in the work and at the end of the year, we're like, hey, you know, this is what we've earned. And I think it's great for us to be recognized from Mercedes. I mean, we know that we're, we are the best in the, in the area and, and one of the best in the country. But to be able to be recognized from the manufacturer, I think it speaks volumes. So Vlad, what's some adversity you've overcome this past year? Well, it's definitely, you know, keep, keeping the uh, inventory levels uh, equilibrium, you know, definitely don't want to be too heavy and definitely want to have the right equipment, the right cars for sale, you know, and us being in front of everyone in the United States, I would say, it, uh, it's definitely building value, you know. You, you know, you have cars where Mercedes-Benz, we definitely don't have to be the cheapest, but you have to build the value, you know, from the equipment that you're selling to the condition of the vehicle you're selling. And then it kind of translates into, you know, the transparency that we provide here. You know, we, when we're, we're dealing with a customer, it doesn't matter if it's in Texas, Florida, or they're right in front of us. We try to give them exactly the same, everything that we offer right there, right from the beginning. And, you know, that kind of shows exactly in our numbers, you know, where we're selling the cars to, where we're shipping the vehicles to. And like Charlie said, you know, a lot of the times you don't even see the customer in front of us, but as long as we build the value and show them exactly what we have to provide and who we are, they're definitely going to be a customer for a repeat customer for sure. So one thing I know about you, Vlad, and I'm not sure how to pose this question because <laughs> I don't know how, I got to figure out how to frame it up, but I come in this store a lot. I'll walk through the facility. You are one person who is always in the exact same spot, looking at the same computer in the exact same way. You are reliable, right? I hope so. <laughs> um, tell me, why, what is it about your personality and nature and your desire to serve that customer that creates that reliability? I love this business. You know, I've been in this business for a while and, uh, you know, it comes from, you know, where I came from and, you know, I just want to succeed, you know, and I think it's in 
and all of us as a team here, you know, we come here, we put our heads down, we do have whatever we have to do to make sure that we are successful, you know, and selling cars and, you know, making sure that this uh, dealership runs uh, without uh, skipping a beat, you know. So Tom, adversity you've overcome this year. I'd say the fat cat syndrome, right? I mean, um, it's pretty easy for uh, some people uh, with the money that has been made in the last year to kind of yes. uh, sit back and take cruise control, right? I'll, I mean, you could make the same money selling 10 cars that you did, uh, you know, but it'd take you 20 yeah. the previous year. So, and then keeping that momentum going, right? You know, the hardest thing I think is uh, now, right? It's getting a little bit tougher. It's getting yeah. a little bit tougher every yeah. every month. Get a little bit tougher to to keep that uh, above the benchmark, you know. So yeah. the adversity and the the fight, right? That has to come from within. And I think the the hardest part is just to keep that. You, you don't win awards like this without doing that. Yeah. So I think that's that's been the biggest adversity. So Mike Conley Jr., you went away. You came back. Kind of on what Tom said. How do you? You're young. You're having success. Having success early. How do you stay hungry, right? You you reach a certain level and then it's kind of like, hey, you know what? Like, is is that enough? How do you stay hungry to deliver to the customer every day? Yeah, so for delivering to the customer in in that sense, I mean it's all about product knowledge. You know what I mean? You've really got to be on your A game, especially with this brand. You gotta know the products A to Z, you know, yeah. kind of be an expert in all aspects yep. and kind of stay well rounded. But for yourself, I mean, you have to want it. You know what I mean? That's what sales is. You gotta be hungry, you gotta wanna go out and get it. So I hate to beat up on Best Buy, and I feel like we've talked about them a couple <laughs> times here today, but I, you know, you walk into stores these days, Best Buy is an example, and you ask a question about one of the products, and it's kind of like, I don't know, or they'll make up something and it's totally wrong, and you don't find it out till you get home and you try to plug it in. Absolutely differentiates us from the marketplace in that you've committed to knowing the product and delivering that extraordinary uh, service to the customer. What's your, how often do you train? What's your commitment to training to stay current? So with Mercedes, you have to do it every quarter. I myself, I'm, I'm a true car enthusiast. So yeah. that's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> like my social media is all cars. So yeah. I'm always like staying up on the latest and greatest. And it, it's it's true interest of mine. Yeah. So I'm never like, I'm always learning, you know what yeah. I mean? whether I know it or not. I mean, it's just what I love. That's truly. awesome. So we are one team delivering on one goal, but we are individuals working towards that goal. What's something, Vlad, that would surprise most people that most pe- most people in Team Ziggler don't know about you? I'm pretty uh, open, so there's a lot of stuff that people, I mean, you know everything, but I have a, I have a Volkswagen thing, which is, uh, you know, I like Volkswagens, especially the older ones. So I have a 1960 Volkswagen and a 65 now. So wow. that's one thing that... Uh, what is it? A bug? A van? It's a, a bug, yeah. It's, okay. uh, one's a 60 bug and the other one's a 65, so... Both nice little small beetles. Which, and, and how did that start? What's that about? Uh, you know what? I've, over the years, I've had all kinds of vehicles, everything from sports cars to classic muscle cars. And for some, uh, you know, every single time it's, uh, you know, everyone comes up to you. They want to sit in it, take a picture with it. And it just, uh, I think the nostalgia of it, I think, is uh, pretty cool. It's interesting. A Mercedes-Benz sales manager with incredible <laughs> success in Volkswagen. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, Tom, something most people wouldn't know about you. Uh, I'm going to say uh, my own personal team. My wife and I added uh, our second child, uh, Jack Thomas, about uh, six months ago. So yeah. that's something that uh, adds adversity as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the home life balance and working that out and then just uh, being the best dad uh, that possible. Yeah, so. That's yeah. awesome. What a great uh, what a great commitment. Mike Conley Jr. Yeah. Not the basketball player. Okay. <laughs> Still, Still not. <laughs> yeah, so um, like Vlad said, I, I'm pretty much an open book too. You know, um, 
but uh, this July will actually mark 10 years in the, in the automotive industry for me. Awesome. So, <laughs> well, you've got it. What are you going to do to celebrate 10 years? <laughs> I don't know. Probably come to work. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Lindsay, did you do anything when you hit 10 years? Special? Oh, I'm not there yet. Okay. Oh, you're not? Okay. Okay. Very good. What? How many years in, Vlad? Oh, uh, 2000, what is it? 10 was the first, so 13 years. Holy cow, I'm the old man in the room. 12. Oh my gosh, I am the old man in the room. <laughs> I, I I sold in the 90s. Oh, wow. So how terrifying is that? <laughs> All right, Matt, something most people don't know about you. Probably the one biggest thing is that I've been cutting my own hair for since I was 20. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and some barber skills. I used to uh, cut hair in college for six pack. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so what's your what's your technique? Is it a is it a uh, is it a razor? Or is it a in the nineties? If you stayed up late enough watching television, you would ultimately see the Floby. Right. Any of you seen the Floby? Or are you all? To, oh gosh, do you know the Floby? Oh. There will be a uh, there will be a link to the Floby in the show notes. So. Okay. No, it's uh, kind of trial by error. You know, I bought a set of clippers and started doing my own hair, and then someone said, "Well, try doing mine." So. Okay. That's awesome. Have you shared that talent with anyone else? Have you offered well, to cut other people people's hairs? Really okay, not too many. Mike saying yes. I knew, yeah. All right, all right. Does he cut your hair? No. no I okay. <laughs> Vlad, are you going to turn your hair over anytime soon? Maybe. It's it's hard for me to get an appointment, so maybe I'll swing by Matt's office. You know, well, appointments are in short short uh, short supply. All right, Lindsay. The question's not for me this time, but for you. What's one other thing that people wouldn't necessarily know about you that would surprise them? Answered this last week, so something else. Something else. Got to come up with the additional thing. I have a Vespa that I love to drive. A Vespa. Yeah. So it's what we could do is we get the Vespa and the Volkswagen together. We go cruising. <laughs> we'll get Matt and his haircutting skills. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, haircut. we'll go to Arizona <laughs> and we'll take your kids. Yeah, we'll bring everybody in together Babies in this. Yeah, yes, yes. All right. Uh, one more question and, we're, and then we're done. We appreciate the time that you've spent with us today showing us this difference that is Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates. One word to describe being part of Team Ziggler. Uh, as a new member of Team Ziggler with the acquisition. Glad. Uh, just very grateful. It's awesome. Tom. Commitment to winning. I love it. By the way, that is more three than words, one. but that's okay. <laughs> we'll hyphenate them. We'll dash them. All right. I was going to say pride. Yeah, that's awesome. Grateful as well. Yeah, that's cool. Well, on behalf of the auto group, but to our entire podcasting listening audience, we're grateful to you all for spending time with us today. It's not often you can get the team as busy as you are of Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates to step aside for a few minutes serving customers to have a chat. So thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thank you. A special thanks to the entire team at Mercedes-Benz Hoffman Estates and congratulations on earning Benz's prestigious Best of the Best Award for 2022. A thanks to Lindsay Latsko for co-hosting these episodes. And until next week, how are you driving vision today? Today.